Hello there, it's great to be with you again. This is the MLEX podcast covering the top stories in regulatory affairs with the assistance of our team of reporters around the globe. My name is James Paniki. I'm a senior editor here at MLEX. Now, as our readers would already know, the Digital Markets Act, which is the EU's legislation to tackle the powers of Google, Amazon, Apple, Meta and Microsoft, has appeared in the EU's official journal. What does that mean? Well, it means that it is now LAW law. There is no turning back. Within a few weeks from now, the new rules will come into force. That's big news around the world, and perhaps nowhere more so than in Silicon Valley, with big tech repeatedly finding itself on the receiving end of EU enforcement. It's in this context that the European Commission has appointed an envoy to the US-based tech industry, an envoy to be based in San Francisco. But the man sent to do the job, Hirad Dehraf, is adamant that he's not in town to get big tech in a headlock. His role will be essentially diplomatic. Our senior correspondent, Mike Lacton, who is based in San Francisco, sat down with the new envoy and wrote up a story based on that interview. And Mike joins me now. So uh, firstly, tell me something about this new envoy. Who is he? So Dehraf is a 30-year veteran of the European Commission, uh, lifelong uh, official uh, in the EU. He has a very storied record uh, as a regulator, but most recently he was a senior official in DG Connect, which is the EU's uh, digital department, which placed him right at the heart of these uh, twin landmark legislative packages, the Digital Markets Act and the Digital Services Act, which are going to really fundamentally change the sort of of landscape um, that the biggest online platforms are working in. Okay, so he's clearly a Brussels veteran, a very qualified uh, person to be in Silicon Valley. But what is he planning to do there? He's sort of transformed from a regulator to uh, a diplomat. So he's here very much not as a sort of part of the EU's enforcement arm. He's a member of the European External Action Service, which is the diplomatic uh, sort of ministry of the European Union. He works uh, in coordination with the diplomatic office in Washington, D.C. And so he's here to form relationships with the sort of companies that the EU will be regulating more heavily in the near future. But he's also here for broader reasons. He's not he's not just here as a sort of short term mission. He's here to set up a sort of permanent base to be communicating not just with the tech companies, but with also uh, VC firms, with the universities out here and sort of having a long term perspective on sort of major technological developments out here like AI, other areas that the EU could look to regulate in the the not-too-distant future. So here's De Graaf himself talking about uh, what he's here to do. The important thing is that, and, and in general, that these efforts are also steered by headquarters, uh, that it is not just a matter of like lawyers and, 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 and it's like left at the technical level. And this is also a good opportunity to interact with the leadership of some of these companies to make sure there's no misunderstanding, that kind of we know where the the kind of uh, important issues where, where they are, where there's a, f- a need for further clarification. So that's, that's where we, a bit like a, the oil in the machine, where we, if we can facilitate. We are, we're not here as a kind of an extended arm or a, or a kind of an outpost police uh, office where we, right. we go in and, and, and threaten uh, fines and, sen- and sanctions, etc. Not at all. Herad Dehraf speaking to us in San Francisco. And Mike, the rules, the new rules in the EU have now been uh, published. There are clear implications there for GAFAM, that is Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple and Microsoft, although the 
acronym has now changed with Meta and Alphabet. But it won't just be those tech companies affected by this, right? Yes, so there's a sort of runway now, quite a short one for the uh, imposition of these new rules under the Digital Markets Act. So there's two pieces of legislation. There's a Digital Markets Act, which sets out these 20 obligations for the biggest platforms aimed at boosting competition in the online economy. And then there's a Digital Services Act, which is slightly separate, but under the sort of same package, which is aimed at content moderation rules. That will probably apply. It's First of all, it's been slower to pass the uh, EU's legislative body, but that will apply to probably more platforms than the Digital Markets Act, which is much more sort of prescribing rules for what the biggest tech companies can and can't do. So for example, if you're Apple, you won't be allowed to uh, maintain such a stronghold on the app ecosystem. You'll have to allow sideloading of apps or rival stores. At least that's the theory of um, of, of what, will, what will be required under this legislation. But in the meantime, that's going to require some pretty big changes to just the nuts and bolts of the businesses themselves. You have to update the, the, the underlying software. You have to test uh, these new solutions so that to see whether they'd be in compliance with the EU regulator. And that's going to take time. So the first step is going to be designating these platforms. And de Graaf was very clear that it's not just these big American tech companies in the future. Um, it could be uh, Japanese, certain Japanese companies, Chinese companies, European companies, big platforms in Europe, of course, do exist despite popular perception. So these companies will need to be designated as these uh, gatekeeper platforms by sort of springtime next year. And then after that, there'll be a four or five month a piece of runway for these companies to come into compliance with the rules. And what did De Graaf have to say to you about the EU's relationship with the US on these sorts of tech issues? So there's definitely been a, a change in the political atmosphere around tech in the US in the last, say, five years. Uh, it used to be a common criticism of the European Union that a lot of uh, these actions it's taken against the biggest tech platforms uh, are sort of motivated by some sort of commercial rivalry and the EU doesn't have these companies and it's looking to sort of unfairly target US companies. De Graaf is, is very convinced that that sort of dial has moved and, and I, I would be inclined to agree with him. Uh, we, we have a president in the White House who last year uh, issued the executive order on competition, which very much looked at like cracking down on these companies and trying to curb their excesses of market power. So part of what De Graaf is, is here for is to sort of help coordinate, coordinate that relationship with the US to avoid misunderstandings over what the purpose of this is, and also perhaps to see how the US is developing its own rules. I mean, there are a whole bunch of uh, bills that are waiting in Congress currently, which have not yet gained traction, but also the regulators are becoming more sort of aggressive. So we've got the Federal Trade Commission under Lena Khan, um, which is going after the likes of Facebook very heavily and acquisitions being made by Facebook and sort of being a little more daring in the cases that they bring. Some would say almost foolhardy in those cases. So there's definitely a dialogue going on between the EU and the US. Um, in the White House, the key go-between, it appears to be Tim Wu, who is Biden's top sort of tech competition advisor. Uh, he sort of operates behind the scenes, but is very active, uh, De Graaf said, in the, uh, the the Trade and Technology Council, which is the sort of format through which the EU and the US have these conversations about big tech. So I think there's just a general sense among EU officials that when they were talking years ago about uh, regulating big tech and cracking down on big tech, they used to hear nothing from the US on that. And now suddenly the wind is blowing in the EU's direction. Okay, so if we had to boil down the message that uh, Diraf is uh, bringing to the tech companies in Silicon Valley, what would that message be? He's here as a diplomat. Uh, he was very clear that he's not here to 
be enforcing or investigating these companies or lecturing them or policing them. He's here to have that dialogue one-on-one with the people who really make the decisions at these big tech companies, perhaps bypassing the armies of lobbyists and lawyers that he's been used to uh, f- during his decades in Brussels uh, working for the European Commission. So here's what he told me. They may not like necessarily everything that's in the DSA or the DMA, but we've had a democratic process. Everybody had an opportunity to have his say, and then there was a a compromise at the end. And so we're in in implementation, we're in compliance mode. We're not in in reopening or rediscussing or or this this is not good or that is not good mode. So, I mean, this this is, as you know, you know this well, this is not competition enforcement. This is a... It's an internal market instrument, it's an ex-ante regulatory framework which the Commission will implement, where the Commission is the regulator, and here we have at least an important number of, say, regulated, not not only, rather also in Europe, of course, in other parts of the world, And, and they need to establish a relationship. And that was Hirad Dehraf, the EU's new envoy for digital in Silicon Valley. Mike, thank you so much for bringing us that interview, writing it up in such a lively way. It was a great read. Uh, thank you again. Thanks, James. Michael Acton is a senior correspondent in San Francisco covering all things tech, and his interview with the EU's new envoy to Silicon Valley is ready for you to read. Just head to the usual spot, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. You'll see a tab labelled News Hub. That's where you have to go for all of the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. There is also an archive of podcasts that allows you to catch up on anything that you may have missed. And while I'm at it, let me remind you that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher. Rate us, review us, help us spread the word. Next Friday, we'll be back in your feed to talk about the EU's investigation into Norsk Hydro's acquisition of metals recycler Alumetal. It's yet another example of growing regulatory concern around the world over established companies snapping up smaller, innovative competitors. We've talked about killer acquisitions in the context of tech companies, but here's an example of these concerns spilling into a more a tangible and less virtual world, and I am sure it will be a fun conversation. MLEX's podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki, published thanks to the intercession of MLEX's London-based marketing team, and our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From all of us here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. Bye for now. <laughs>